You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Movement is a metaphor. So if you're doing something that's harder than you've ever done before... You get to experience your own persistence. You get to experience your capacity to endure and do things that are meaningful, even when it's difficult. And that translates into how you sense yourself. And it doesn't really matter if you were lifting one pound or 100 pounds. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, where we talk about exploration, adventure, major change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I am Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And um, today, we have a sort of broad topic, which is movement as medicine. And it's something that I relate to so strongly when my kids were little, they used to say, we should go to the park, we've got to run mommy. And I, I may have told this story on this podcast before, but it, it, it was a joke in my family, but it was actually kind of real too. People talk about how they have to get their kids out or they're going to go crazy. I was going crazy so much faster than my kids were that they had to get me out. And, you know, like in periods of, of change and transition, you know, particularly you know, before we started this podcast and I was going through a giant career transition and wondering which end was up, working out was one of the few things that I felt grounded me. And I actually, this is going to sound crazy, but I used to have these days where I would go for a run and then four hours later, I would find myself just mindlessly changing back into my running clothes and have to realize you already did that. <laughs> you can't do that again. <laughs> And I think I was I was struggling so much that and it was just this medicinal thing for me. Do you relate to that? Do you feel like that? How well do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. Um, but you say that you absolutely love it when you're in motion. I do. Like I did my Peloton today and I was so happy. 
I felt like I'd been clubbing. But anyway, which is why I was so excited to have our guest on today. Um, we are joined by Kelly McGonigal. She is a health psychologist who specializes in understanding the mind-body connection. And her latest book, uh, by the way, I was obsessed with her last book, which, which we have to talk about a little bit um, before we end the whole interview. But her latest book is The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage. Wow, what a promise. <laughs> I should exercise more. Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It was so hard to not jump in when you and Jill were <laughs> describing how you feel uh, after running or after Peloton. I can't wait to talk about this. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, because I, people always tell you that exercise is good for you and makes you feel better, but you break it down as to why that is the case, both biochemically and um, emotionally and societally. So let's talk about how good exercise is for you and why. Yeah. So let's just get into some specifics. So I want to to jump on something that Jill said when she described how her kids would want to go out and run a mommy. Like, why <laughs> is it that people would want to be around the version of you who has gone for a run or has just exercised? And there are so many ways that exercise changes our, our mood and our mindset. But one that I really love is that what we call the runner's high, the changes that happen in your brain when you exercise at a moderate intensity for at least 20 minutes, um, the sort of the core changes in your brain is actually to increase a neurotransmitter that makes you a more social version of yourself. Um, it's actually a class of neurotransmitters called endocannabinoids, which is what cannabis mimics. Hmm. And when these brain chemicals are elevated naturally through movement, they increase your ability to connect with others. They increase the pleasure that you derive from being around other people. So hugs feel better and other people's stories are more interesting. And it feels better to cooperate or to help others or to play with others. It basically, it just makes us a more social version of ourselves. So I, I love that. So they That's instinctually a, knew they would get a better yes. mother out of me. They just let me go for a run. Who had this had the same experience? My husband is the same way. He'll he'll tell me, Kelly, it's time to do some cardio because he, <laughs> he wants to be around the version of me that I am. And that's just one example of how you know the runner's high doesn't just make us feel better when we're doing it, um, but but that it actually changes our neurochemistry to make us a better version of ourselves. And and Lisa, you mentioned what a high you got from Peloton. You know, one of the other things we know about movement and what makes it so powerful at boosting our mood is the effect that music has on us. Yeah. And that when we move to music, it enhances the natural endorphin rush that we get from listening to music that we love. Um, there's just so many things that happen in the short term. And the whole other side of it is how being uh, active on a regular basis changes the structure and function of your brain to do things like relieve depression or make you more resilient to stress, and even to enhance your brain's ability to experience pleasure and joy and happiness. So well, maybe in that like, dark, weird time, it wasn't, because it felt to me really crazy town that I would forget that I'd already worked out, but maybe it was just me kind of reaching for the, for the, uh, for your drug of choice. Yes. Endocannabinoids. <laughs> yeah. Endocannabinoids or right. the endorphins. But, yeah. So what's really interesting is, you know, this often happens. Um, a lot of people think that they don't like to exercise until they find themselves in a dark place. And we know that movement 
It can have immediate effects on our mood, but it's also one of the most effective antidepressants there are. It can help people pull out of depression and grief and trauma. And often people don't even realize how powerful the effects of of movement are until their brain really needs it. And then it Mm. comes alive for them in a different way. And you can find yourself craving it, even if you were someone who who thought that you didn't love to, to move or to get your heart rate up. So listening to you speak with the enthusiasm and passion that you clearly have about exercise or movement and and rationally knowing that it is a good it is a good thing for us on every level why is it so darn hard for many of us to get out of bed and put our sneakers on and actually move. And your the first book, I think it was your first book, but the book that you wrote that really like got me to be a devoted follower of yours was The Willpower Instinct. And how can we get ourselves to do something that we really know is so wonderful when we have tremendous amounts of resistance to it? Yes. So there are so many reasons people have resistance, and some of them are pretty universal. So, for example, we know that if people have not exercised recently and you ask them to predict, how do you think you'll feel after you work out? People incorrectly predict that they'll be more tired rather than more energized and that they won't enjoy it very much. And if you actually have people exercise, what they really report is that they have more energy. They're happier. They're more optimistic. They feel hopeful. They feel like they can take on the world. But for whatever reason, when we're in a sedentary state, it actually changes our mood and our mindset to the degree that we can't even predict correctly how good we'll feel. That's actually the mindset of being inactive is we, we, um, I call it the joy gap. We underestimate how good it will feel. So that's pretty universal, which means you can't necessarily rely on how you think it's going to feel. You have to get yourself past that threshold so that you can have a direct experience. But there are so many other reasons why we can resist movement. Many people have been told that it's selfish to prioritize, um, to take time away from work or families or other responsibilities. And so there can be a voice in your head that says, you know, I really, I don't have the time to do this today. And it really isn't selfish. It's self-care. It can be self-preservation. And it can make us the kind of person other people want to be around and can rely on. Um, And there are all sorts of other reasons, too. Many people have had negative experiences with movement, whether you go back to gym class and sort of the trauma of PE that many people experience, (laughs) to sometimes people have movement experiences that are separate from the joys that really bring the most out of movement, whether it's amazing music or moving with a community that you really like and care about or doing movement that feels intrinsically meaningful, like like power lifting and sensing your own strength. And so one of the things that I recommend to people who are just starting out or want to recommit to movement is to actually think not what's the most convenient thing you can do. Like maybe the most convenient thing would be to jump on a treadmill in the office and do it for 10 minutes and you forgot to make your amazing playlist and you're just going to get it done. But what would it, what would it be like instead to think, okay, if, if I believe that movement can be an empowering, meaningful, even joyful experience, what would that look like? And to find the most inspiring form of movement. Like when you see other people move, what, what motivates you? Do you get, you know, do you feel weepy when you watch people uh, cross a finish line of a race? Do you, are you inspired when you see people lift heavy things or throw heavy things? When people perform a dance? Like what is it that, that you admire. Maybe that's how you choose your movement form. Or, you know, where's a place where you want to belong and feel like you belong? Who do you want to move with? 
Um, what would be an environment that inspires you? Maybe you, you need to go outdoors to really find the joy of movement for you. And to double down on the, the other things that bring us pleasure and meaning and to link them to movement, because what we know is that movement actually enhances all of those things, whether it's social connection or music or being in nature or making progress. Movement basically amplifies all of these other things that humans tend to find naturally um, satisfying. When we come back, I want to dig deeper into some of those more satisfying areas of movement. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Before the break, we were chatting with Kelly McGonigal about movement and how it actually enhances our experience anywhere from being in nature to being with other people. And I actually want to talk a little bit about how movement does improve our connection to because so many so many of our physical activities are solitary. Like Jill, you run by yourself, I assume, right? Well, no, I actually run a lot with other people, and I am a jabberer. Yeah, I'm the person who talks and talks and talks. Okay. <laughs> so. But but I assume that makes it your relationship with whoever you're running with better. The fact that you're moving, you're not just sitting around having yeah. coffee, right? Yeah. I also listen to podcasts a lot when oh. I'm when I'm running. Okay. I haven't listened to music in a really long time. So how does how does exercise improve our connection to other people? 
Yeah. So we know that when you're physically active, like I said, it changes your brain chemistry in a way that makes it easier to connect with others. And there's actually research showing that when you go for a walk or run with someone else, the quality of the conversation is actually different than if you were to have that same conversation, say, over coffee or or over the phone, that people tend to be more transparent. They're more emotionally revealing. It's easier to talk about conflict and take a new perspective. Um, and that can lead to really strengthening bonds or, or even healing relationships. So I think that's a great example. But we also know that when people move together and particularly move in synchrony, so say you're in that cycling class and you're all moving at the same cadence, or you're in a dance class and you're all step clapping in the same way, that when we move together, we actually begin to perceive ourselves as more connected to the people around us and that we feel more trust for them, we like them more, we, f- we feel like truly connected. It's a, a sense of something bigger than ourselves that we're a part of. And this is one of the reasons why people often form such tight bonds with their movement communities, even if you start out as strangers, because there's something about moving together that really helps people strengthen bonds. And if you talk to anthropologists, um, they actually think that this, this is um, sort of why dancing is so universal in every culture, you know, across history, because one of the best ways to strengthen your ties to a community is actually to move together. So what about competition, though? Does that well, spoil that, that connection, or is it part of being a community? Yeah, so the healthiest form of competition seems to be where you have um, some sort of team that you are cooperating with, mm. and the, the competition is not so, so much... Uh, about having to win as it is the pleasure of working together to um, to really do your best. You know, in, in the book, one of the stories that I write about that I love so much was a women's uh, master's rowing crew um, from Canada who they're all over the age of 50 and they train together, you know, in their in their boat on the water to to be able to synchronize their movements and and move across that water with speed and strength and grace. And um one of the stories that one of these women told me about was their ability to finally compete in the head of the Charles Regatta. You know, it's one of the most famous races in the world. And even though they didn't come anywhere close to winning, they had the experience of working together to do their best. And they all described it as as basically a peak experience of their entire lives. So I think competition can be very healthy. Probably the the least healthy form of competition if you're looking to experience, you know, real joy and psychological well-being is the kind of competition against yourself where you're constantly judging yourself. You know, it's one thing to enjoy getting better, but I think sometimes, you know, women particularly have voices in their head that are about maybe what you used to be able to do or what you should look like while you're doing it, or maybe comparing yourself to other people who are simply sharing the experience with you and have a totally different life history and different, you know, physical body. And uh, I would say that to the degree that you find your mind wandering in that direction, it's really useful to pull yourself out and um, and focus more on the joys of the the direct experience that you're having. How does the joy that we experience during a peak exercise translate into the rest of our life? How does that improve like our creativity or or our connection? Not on the sports field or you know in the on the dance floor, but the rest of every day. Yeah, I mean it can totally transform how you view yourself and what you think you're capable of. I spoke with so many people who started out training, um, often in areas like strength training or CrossFit or training for a 5K, a half marathon, a full marathon, um, starting out feeling like 
this is physically impossible. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know if, if I will be able to do this. And to, to have that physical accomplishment, to reach a kind of milestone where you are crossing the finish line or you lift something heavier than you ever thought you could. Or one woman I spoke to who for seven years was afraid to do an exercise called the partner carry, where you have to carry a stranger on your back as if you're rescuing them. And she was just mm. so intimidated by that, she never tried it. And, you know, she described the moment she finally decided that she was capable of it and she wanted to experience herself as somebody who could literally carry another person as if to, to save another person, that it felt like a huge weight had been lifted off her shoulders and she was absolutely amazed with herself and realized <laughs> there was like no limit to what she was capable of. And you can have that type of peak experience in any movement form. My most memorable one was a yoga pose. I finally did a back bend that requires leaning backward, almost like a trust fall, where you know, except the person you have to trust is yourself because it's your own, it's literally your own backbone, your own strength that will support you. And that was a revelation when I finally did that and I faced my fear and I, I felt my own courage and strength at the same time. Um, and I feel so like... Oh, let, me just, yes. let me just ask you, this is sounding very advanced, this movement. Do you have to be running a long distance? Do you no. have to be doing an advanced yoga class? No, 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 no. Absolutely <laughs> like, not. Um, one of the I'm a little that, scared of the backbend move. I am. Yes, well, and you know, I don't do that. I don't need to do that move anymore. But, um, okay. So here's the really important thing. Uh, and I, I try to make this very clear in the book by focusing on communities and individuals who often have barriers to what we would think of as being like traditional young peak fitness. So, um, for example, I visit a class for people with Parkinson's disease, which is a neurological disorder that makes all movement extremely difficult. Um, went to a gym in Fairfax, Virginia, where pretty much everyone training uh, is partially paralyzed or recovering from a traumatic brain injury or recovering from amputations. Um, and people who are suffering also from severe mental illness uh, and other challenges. And even people in hospice care, right, who are not training for a marathon, but are simply experiencing what it feels like to be alive moment to moment by being able to move their bodies in some way. So all of the joys that I'm talking about are accessible no matter what body you are currently in and what challenges you face. And it always comes down to starting where you are and what feels meaningful to you and what brings joy to you. And you know, one of the women that I met at the Dance for Parkinson's Disease class she was facing the reality that she would be transitioning into a wheelchair. And she loved the dance class, and she loved moving to music. And I asked her, like, do you think there's a point at which you will no longer enjoy this? Is there a certain amount of mobility that it feels like to you is required to experience this kind of tremendous joy you're describing to me? And she said no. It was her belief and her hope that in a wheelchair, as long as she said, as long as she could still tap a toe or, or tap a finger, she believed that she'd be able to connect to that joy she felt when she moves her body expressively to music that reminds her of, of Broadway and things that she loves. And so please don't think that you have to run an ultra marathon. Um, you know, one person I spoke to, he trained to walk the length of his hallway and eventually trained mm. to walk to um, the coffee shop down the street. And that was a major milestone for him. Um, 
This is the you know, thing is movement is a metaphor. So if you're doing something that's harder than you've ever done before, you get to experience your own persistence. You get to experience your capacity to endure and do things that are meaningful, even when it's difficult. And that translates into how you sense yourself. And it doesn't really matter if you were lifting one pound or 100 pounds. When we come back, uh, I want to talk more about how we can translate that personal growth we experience through movement into our everyday lives. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Before the break, we were chatting with Kelly McGonigal about her new book, The Joy of Movement, and just about the fact that it doesn't have to be a crazy, tough mutter or marathon to have a real impact on our ability to, to I guess, to grow and embrace change. And I just want to delve a little bit into that because Jill and I are always talking about transformation and transition and change, and that's what this podcast is about. And I do want to explore a little bit about how conquering one area of our lives, whether it's mastering a dance step or learning how to serve a tennis ball, can actually open up our ability to to face life in a whole new way. Yeah. I mean, so as I said, we really experience movement as meaningful. Our brains naturally interpret movement as evidence of, of who we are and what we're capable of. So often I encourage people to think about how they want to feel about themselves or personal quality they want to cultivate. So in my own life, um, courage is a value that um, I 
I'm always trying to cultivate because fear is one of my natural tendencies. And um, when I think about, you know, is there a way to move that to me feels like it's an expression of courage and that I, I feel the sensations in my body of courage when I do that movement? Because we know that when you feel the qualities in your body, your mind understands that that is a part of who you are. And so I often will use kickboxing when I am feeling anxious and I want to feel more empowered. And it literally comes down to the, the fact that I can feel my own heart beating, my heart racing, and I can feel my hands clench into fists and I'm throwing punches with power and I'm often doing it to music that is empowering and talking about being a fighter and being strong. And the next time I feel my heart beat or race out of fear, I can literally remind myself, you know what, this is also what courage feels like. And I can remember that that's part of me. And it can transform the way that we experience challenges in our lives. And so often it's about figuring out what part of you do you want to develop? Who do you want to know better? One woman I talked about, she, um, she turned to kettlebell training, a kettlebell class that was offered at a local school. Um, in the cafeteria of her local school. And she'd never picked up something heavy before and and sensed herself as so powerful as being able to lift something heavy and literally like launch it. And, and that feeling, and she, she described to me how um, later on when she was driving to the airport, there was a huge storm and a massive tree had fallen across the, the highway. And everyone was turning around and going home and she wanted to go to the airport. So she had her driver stop the car and they got out and they moved a tree that was blocking the, the roadway. <laughs> and because she she was somebody who had told me she literally, when she holds that kettlebell, she senses herself as somebody who can take on a giant. Those were her exact words. Hmm. And then she met an obstacle in life and she remembered, I'm somebody who can take on a giant. <laughs> and she got rid of that obstacle. And I feel like, you know, there's so many examples like that. And that you don't even have to think too hard about it. You know, go well, after the movement that makes you feel the way you want to feel. So, but that's kind of counter-programming in some ways. Like, for years and years, I thought, I'm just not a yoga person. I'm not a yoga person. I'm way too tightly wound for that. But all during those years, I also thought, I wish I could just take it down a notch, you know? Mm-hmm. So all those years of running mommy, maybe we should have been taking mommy to yoga because that's what what I kind of needed to, I mean, I guess what you're saying is don't necessarily imagine this is the kind of exercise that goes with my personality type. Think yes. of this is where I want exercise to take me in my life. Allow it to cultivate it in you and to trust that if there's some part of you that's curious, you don't have to be good at it. Um, you simply have to have the experience of it. Hmm. Okay. Well, I suck at yoga, and I, <laughs> I, I will, I will not let that stop me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You don't. You can suck. That's what Kelly's saying. Is it's just the the experience. And I've gone to enough classes to hear them say in that soothing, dulcet tone that they use that you're just going to meet yourself, whatever, on the yoga mat, and you're going to accept it, and there isn't any being bad or good at yoga. Yeah, but also, I mean. I don't know, like the idea that you could suck at yoga, that t- I, I mean, part of me as a psychologist is like, I'm trying to hold myself back a little bit from like going into deep therapy here, but you can't, oh, have really, at it. <laughs> you can't really suck at yoga unless there's somebody who has convinced you that your experience of yoga is determined by how far you can reach in a pose or if you can hold a balance perfectly. Um, I mean, yoga, like so many of the, the mindful movement traditions are about meeting yourself exactly where you are. 
And it often, I mean, yoga is basically getting into uncomfortable places and learning how how you want to deal with uncomfortable situations. And That's how to essentially hang out what there. yoga is. Yeah. And so it's not about what you look like um, or how far you can go in a pose. And so I think like a lot of people probably think they suck at yoga because they've been sold the idea that yoga, like meditation has been sold, is supposed to make you feel relaxed when actually yoga is a way to practice being stressed and to bring mm-hmm. different aspects of your mental strengths and your personal strengths and to stay relatively grounded and centered, even though you're doing something that is uncomfortable. I mean, even yoga stretches, it's fascinating, right? They activate pain receptors in your body. And yet with the right mindset and the right environment, we can come to experience something that is actually good for us, but also can can um, trigger alarm bells in our nervous system hmm. through those pain receptors. We learn to experience it as healing and wonderful, and people will tell you how much they love a deep stretch. And it's the same stretch that was experienced previously as, as uh, something I need to escape from. And I think this really teaches us a lot about how we go beyond our comfort zone in everyday life. So please don't think you suck at yoga. It's okay <laughs> to say you don't like it, right? We're allowed to say, I'm not a runner, and so I don't run. And I don't say I suck at running. I say I choose not to run because it's not for me. And it's fine yeah. to leave something aside because it doesn't bring you joy. Although you've now made me want to do it. You've made me Great. actually want to do it. <laughs> There's a quote in your book that kind of relates to this in the when you were touching on the the being comfortable with being uncomfortable. The discomfort of the yoga is 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 part of the of Part of the plan. Um, it was a quote from Jennifer Farr, which was, you don't have to get rid of the pain to move forward. And I love that so much because it just, it really, it makes so much sense because pain is so paralyzing. And we do think that we either have to, before we change, we have to cultivate the motivation to change or that we ha- with the pain, we have to like deal with the pain before we can be something else. And I just think it's such a smart insight. Can you it was. unpack that yeah, a little? So, so that comes from the chapter called Endure, which is I focus on athletes who are doing ultra endurance training, which is as far from my reality as you can get. I mean, these are people who are running or cycling or swimming hundreds of miles, doing like 10 triathlons in 10 days, mm. things that seem superhuman. And I spent a lot of time talking to these athletes, reading memoirs, Um, observing events to try to figure out why is this so meaningful and important to the the athletes who do it. And one of the things that that came up again and again is is the kind of um, revelation that you described, which is that you get to experience yourself in the moment of having a body that says, "I I literally cannot take one more step. I cannot do this. And somehow, through your own deep inner strength, often through the support and encouragement of other people, and sometimes through a sense of connection to something bigger than yourself, maybe faith, that you experience yourself as someone who takes another step forward, even though it feels like you can't possibly. And so many people I spoke to says, said that once you experience that, your ability to, to endure other life challenges, you have, you have a deep knowing that you are capable of that. And I spoke with people for whom uh, endurance training helped them deal with serious trauma and and a serious depression and and literally convinced them that it was possible to continue living that life was worth living wow i don't know how you'd feel that way on the on the endurance on the on the, on the trail climbing over those obstacles there was another thing you that was in that chapter about how when 
people helped each other. Oh, yes. They, like, what didn't matter if whether you were the person helping or the person being helped, they both had a profound sense of I matter. And I thought that was really interesting. I know. This was something that came up in almost every movement—actually, every movement form or community that I went to, whether it was a dance class or CrossFit or running group or these ultra-endurance athletes— I didn't start out asking people, tell me about a time you were able to help someone in your exercise class or on a race trail. I just asked people, like, tell me why you love it. Tell me about a, a meaningful memory you have. And across the board, people told me stories about receiving help from others and being able to help others. And what I realized, uh, you know, after spending years talking to people is that for many people, the most profound joy of movement is that movement somehow brings out the best in us, and it allows us to celebrate our interdependence, whether you're playing on a sports team or whether you are, you know, that person cheering on the runner who's struggling and giving them encouragement to keep going, or whether you're celebrating someone's birthday in a dance class or someone's personal record in a, a strength training community, that, that people get to experience themselves as not just their own strength and bravery and whatever their own like physical accomplishments are, but they get to experience themselves as someone who takes joy in other people's success, mm. that encourages others, and that there actually is joy in receiving help, which for so many of us, in, in other contexts, we feel like a burden. We feel like it's so difficult to accept other people's kindness. And for many people, it's actually in a movement community that it's the first place they feel like it's safe and okay to receive the kindness of others. I think movement is so transformative in this way in that it, it allows us to celebrate how connected we are as human beings. Well, I love that. And Jill, I think we need to go take a yoga class together. <laughs> All right. I'll go. <laughs> Kelly, willing. thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Kelly's book is The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage. Learn more about this at kellymcgonigal.com and connect with her on Twitter at Kelly McGonigal. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review us. We would love to hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at pod2somewhere and email us at roadtosomewhere at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to Alicia Haywood, our incredible producer. Thanks everyone for joining us on The Road to Somewhere. We're available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.